you it's, know a, it. it's a certain mm-hmm. sweet spot on the motor where it doesn't feel like the motor's working hard mm-hmm. yeah you know, and it's going 4400 rpm yeah, or whatever it, it, yeah it it just, you're running it pretty good but it's not working right. it just picks up to the right mm-hmm. spot now you throw in the jack plate on top of that and it gets a little more complicated mm-hmm. uh, if you lower your jack plate too far down you'll start feeling that drag if you raise it up too much then you start slowing down because it's, the motor starts working too hard yeah the motor's not catching you know you're you're yeah. Your prop is in dirty water mm-hmm. is basically what it is. The the churned up water from your hull that has all the bubble in it, especially yeah. if you got a tunnel. Now your your prop is up so high that it's it's in that bubble water mm-hmm. and it can't catch. You yeah. know, you can't get your traction. It doesn't, it doesn't circulate like, as well. Well, it's like your wheel spinning on wet grass, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're just not catching. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you've got it in just in the clean water, that's usually where it's going to run the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to play with that. Like when I get a new little Poland skiff, you know, I've had several. Yeah. Uh, I just run it in the beginning and I'm tilting up, tilting down. I probably look goofy as hell to somebody who's just watching because <laughs> I'm raising, raising it up. Yeah. You know, the, I'm raising the jack plate and then I'm getting it higher and than I think it should be. And you're trying to match and then I play them. The, and, yeah. yeah. And I play with the tilt and trim a little mm-hmm. bit yeah. and then I'll drop them and I, eventually I, it, now it doesn't take me very you long to figure groove, it out yeah and i get it figured out to the point where i feel comfortable and i can just put it right there yeah you know as soon as i get up in the morning and get going um now i gotta change it just a little bit depending on who's in the boat right. if i'm running by myself or if i'm running with one customer or two customers that makes a big difference mm-hmm. uh then on those little boats and a lot of boats are coming with them now is the trim tabs now you got trim tabs involved too. Yeah, that's actually. And by the way, that's one of my favorite things. It's like I tell people when it's you know you're in these little boats. Uh, it's like you, you're it's, trying to learn how to fly an airplane because <laughs> I mean you touch one and it changes everything. Uh, but getting up in shallow water, yeah. If you if you find yourself in that that <laughs> way too life, shallow water, lifesaver. Drop those trim tabs down yeah. all the way. Tuck your motor all the way up underneath. Mm-hmm. Raise the jack plate up a little bit and hammer down and you can you can jump up in some pretty It'll, damn shallow uh, stuff and my and i've got technically a skiff it's a bigger skiff it's not yeah. like yours um i can get up and uh, trust me i've been again i'm not trying to be uh, i've been stuck in way more than i probably should have but now that i've got my boat all wired in and my tabs wired in and where i am i can get up practically nothing yeah. uh, a lot of that depends on horsepower too yeah yeah if you've got some horsepower and you've got a good prop on there you know that's cupped real well mm-hmm. uh, you can jump up better uh, yeah I, I don't have a real aggressive prop mm-hmm. on that uh on mm-hmm. the dargle mm-hmm. so for me jumping up in shallow water is a little harder because i don't skiff, have it's a whole different world <laughs> well i have a prop that's more for being out there on the open beachfront right and running faster and and helping with my mileage mm-hmm. uh, it's more more of an efficient prop the more cup you get most of those props they they uh, the efficiency goes goes down right well let's let's i want to get back to to getting out real quick and then you just hit on another one that since we're here we need to talk about but one thing i do um uh, as someone who's been stuck a lot I raise, <laughs> but I but I haven't gotten in the water a lot lately. We should lately. save this topic for Caleb. Yeah, though he, he but he jumps in all the time. I've I've mastered the art of of just knowing when to stop, and how to get out. But but this is part of the reason I do it uh, of how I do it. I if I'm going you know in some shallow water, 
like real shallow water up on the shoreline. I raise and I my my jack plate goes from one to six. I raise it to about four and a half, not all the way up, because I want to be able to have that wiggle room to raise it a little more if I have to. Right. You know what I mean? If I and so what I do is uh, I'll raise it up to about four and a half, get into the skinny water, and once I start you know feeling that and you get in a lot of mud kick up, well then I either stop and and just you know whatever you know troll in or, or stop and wait or just drift from there. But if I do have to go a little further, I don't really raise the motor on the jack plate very much more because I'll turn and drop the trim tabs, as you said, and pop out. And if I can't, I still have a little room to raise the motor to go ahead and putter out. Yeah, if, if you're nervous about it, you know, you're just getting started out with this. Yeah. You're nervous about it, go ahead and drop that thing all the way down while you're drift fishing. Yeah. Drop it all the way. Mm-hmm. Straight down. And then when you feel it start bumping... Then you know you can get then out. I know I can still get out of this. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gone too far you know, at that point. So then you can crank your motor up, pick it up a little bit, right, and take off. And you're gone. All right, so you mentioned props. Uh, this came kind of came organically, but, uh, you know, okay, I like to fish shorelines. I like to fish, uh, you know, in bays more than uh, – uh, beachfront. I, I like to fish offshore a little bit, you know, and maybe go to the rigs. Just give us a tutorial, one, two, three, on the style of prop. And I know there's numbers associated, and we can't really illustrate it. But what are what are the, I guess, the macro characteristics of, of each prop for each style of fishing that you do? Because most of these motors don't come with a prop. So there might be some people that are like, you know what, I think I might have the wrong prop here. Yeah. One of the best things you can do is go see a prop guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Everybody that fishes a lot should have a prop guy. Uh, mine is Louis, mm-hmm. uh, Louis Bowman, mm-hmm. and Bowman Marine. Uh, he's been doing my props forever. And he can look at a boat and the style of the boat and tell you what kind of prop you need. Yeah. Uh, if it's something unusual, like when I first started with the Poland's Gifts, mm-hmm. he hadn't worked with a bunch of them. So he would tell, he would give me a prop, say, here, go run this and then tell me what your RPMs are and mm-hmm. tell me what your speed was at different RPMs. Mm-hmm. And just based on that, he could he could tweak it and make it right. So a good prop guy is just invaluable. Very underrated. Uh, but if you want to get up fast uh, and you've got the horsepower, uh, a cupped prop. Which is more, uh, it's kind of cylindrical, a little more, yeah, a little th- tighter. Yeah, the, now the, the blades are going to have a little cup to it. Well, so, yeah, you know, but it, it almost like gonna, it, it's longer, so to speak. Yeah. The, the cup makes it sort of look a little different. Yeah, I mean, he made me one at one point for one of my little boats that uh, I wanted to be able to get up in the back end of the Greens Marsh, mm-hmm. you know, on low tide, bumping bottom. Of course you did. And uh, <laughs> so he, he made one, and he kidded me when he handed it to me. He says, I think you could probably drink coffee out of those cups. Yeah, I mean, he he put some serious cup in it, and man, that thing jerked your neck back trying when you jumped up. But it was really really slow on the top end. I uh, gotcha. Which didn't bother me because I wasn't running very far. Right. Yeah. You know, my whole deal was I wanted to bump up and be able to move around in that marsh without mm-hmm. having to pull over to a deeper spot and take off. Mm-hmm. It's a mud bottom back there, so I wasn't worried about tearing up grass or anything. Uh, where I am now, I'm going to pull where it's deeper anyway and i'm gonna jump up right you know, and i'm gonna try to get myself to two or three feet of water mm-hmm. so i'm not tearing up any grass but uh a speed prop is totally different and a speed prop won't get you up very fast it's just not meant for that right it's meant for the top end speed 
there are some hybrid props now that are, have come along. They've worked on some mm-hmm. where you have a pretty good hole shot and then you've got the upper end speed. You can tweak them to one side or the other. Right. I want a little better hole shot, but I still want some speed. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get the top speed out of it, but you can get some better. Mm-hmm. And you're not get. it's all a compromise. Right. And it's like we talk about with boats. They're all compromise. Uh, do you want to run offshore? I want the most efficient prop possible if I'm running way offshore. That's probably going to be a little flatter, huh? Yeah, it's not going to have the cup. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, but you'll be able to churn. But you can go a long ways. Yeah. You know, you, it's going to be a more efficient prop. And it may only get you another one or two miles a gallon. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a 50-gallon tank, sure, that makes a hell of a difference in a day of fishing. Yeah. So it, it all depends on what you're doing, what kind of bay you're fishing, same thing as picking out a boat mm-hmm. uh, and then get with and your, be honest with yourself well, and be honest with your prop guy yeah you know that hey man i i tend to get myself into some messes back there in the back end of this marsh mm-hmm. and i'd really like to be able to get out without jumping out and pushing through knee-deep mud right he can help you out right he can say, okay so well, he can help caleb let's out. let's let's prop this thing right and uh or i'm running the beachfront mm-hmm. yes i have a shallow running boat my my dog will run shallow and do all those things but you don't necessarily but i don't really use it for that yeah. i've got the other boat for that so i really don't need that heavy cup prop mm-hmm. and so i might as well have one that i get a little better gas mileage out of uh but at least those were the kind of the broad strokes that i wanted to share with our listeners because you people it say gets way more technical it gets than way that. it gets way more technical than that but I think a lot of people don't realize the importance is really the main point here of, yeah. of having you. You could be burning money, you know, literally burning money on your ga- on your gas, or not getting the most out of your boat. Yeah, you know, if you have the wrong uh, prop on there. All right, so there, here's another one. This is good. Let's catch some fish here, and let's try to catch some fish around porpoise slash dolphins. Was the question. This is one of the most frost, most frustrating things to me in in bay fishing in 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 texas coast fishing is the magical uh porpoise uh it's almost like a bolt of lightning and you have to the timing to me scott i don't want to get your thoughts is everything it can be fast and furious or it can be no reason to fish here would you agree with that yeah i've seen it go both ways Mm -hmm. Uh, and People are confused with them. Everybody wants to call them porpoise and dolphin or porpoise or a dolphin. What is it? It's a dolphin. It's a dolphin. They're bottlenose dolphin. Yeah. We don't have porpoises here. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's just one of those technical well, they, things. They think about because, <laughs> kind of bugs me Because sometimes. the dolphin that most people think of are the green ones right. that are on weed lines. My, my. Yeah. Uh, but, so that's but, why they call them porpoise. Yeah. These big old gray porpoises that surface and they blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're predators they're eating you know they're they're chasing stuff now when i'm in louisiana and i start seeing them i'm pretty happy about it because they're up in the shallow water and they're mm-hmm. chasing stuff around they're pushing fish over towards the shorelines those big bull reds will get out of their way oh yeah they're not worried about getting eaten but they get out of their way and move over and they're usually chasing them around these five six pound drum these little puppy drum that's yeah. that's what most of those over there are catching yeah uh, it's fun to watch uh, they'll they'll catch one, throw it up in the air, and catch it again. Yep. Um, I saw one over there teaching its um, baby how to how to hunt. Oh, really? Yeah. She would run and she'd corner up those drum, and as she'd corner them up up against the bank, she'd slash into them and bust them up, and then she'd grab one of them and she'd hold it up out of the water, 
and the little one would come over there and jump was, up was and with her and she would throw it she'd stun it yeah and then throw it in front of the little one and it would just kind of half-ass swim off <laughs> and the little one could catch it yeah, i can catch that one so it was really cool to watch yeah but back to the trout with them i have had days where you know we were catching trout like crazy and all of a sudden the dolphins moved in mm -hmm. and everything shut down just absolutely shut down i've also there was one particular place in rockport where i used to fish a lot mm -hmm. it was a little bayou that ran through we'd stand in ankle deep water and we're casting to eight or ten feet of water oh nice i mean it was a neat little drop off yeah that place when the dolphin weren't there we had to make a longest cast you could make and work on the bottom and just kind of ease it along there and bounce it right then dolphin would show up and they would stay there i mean they'd get in there and you could tell they were hunting mm -hmm. and they're trying to eat those trout we would start casting parallel to the drop off all the trout were like right under our feet yeah right on that wall and uh, so if, if you if you know what the territory looks like and what the terrain looks like mm -hmm. try to imagine what the trout's gonna they're not just gonna leave the area they're not yeah. gonna change sides of the bay uh, they're gonna hide mm -hmm. so did they go shallow did they get up against some structure you know what are they doing why you know while they're being hunted we're no longer the predator now we're the prey right, right. and we got to change our tactics a little bit so those fish there in that particular place would go right up against it was a sand wall mm -hmm. it was just straight up and down wall and they would go right up against it i'd love to have seen that on a side scan yeah it'd been interesting to see but uh then the the dolphin would move off mm -hmm. and they'd slowly just ease back out there in the middle again and we'd start catching them way out again they're, they're vexing you know bottle nose and, and how to uh how to read them i've seen actually it was in rockport it was in uh copano bay where i've seen trout like practically run into a bulkhead yeah. trying to get oh, away yeah. from trying to get away from a port whatever a bottlenose dolphin um do whatever you can when you're trying not to get eaten i'm talking like you're dropping your line like with, with a lure you know right like three inches off of a bulkhead and there's trout right there yeah. because they nothing will scare fish like like a dolphin like a bottlenose um and then i've seen them in open water uh where nothing i mean you, you know they're hurting something and you can't get a bite I, I, I guess what I'm getting at here, and I want to get your thoughts, is I always – people say, ah, you know, it's dolphin. Don't worry yeah. about it. You ain't going to catch nothing. Yeah. I always try. Yeah, try it. I anyway. always try. Uh, that was interesting that you said the open water. That's usually when you don't find fish around them. Yeah. Well, think about it in these terms. There's trout there, more than likely. They're hauling ass. That's what they're Pardon the <laughs> They have no place to hide. Yeah. You know, so they're just – they're trying to get away. They're hauling butt. Not going to think about eating when they're doing that. Right. Now, if they're near some structure, like those fish I was talking about, mm -hmm. they just start feeding up closer to the structure. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, the bait fish probably moved over there too. Sure. And they're like, hey, now. You know, so yeah. they moved right in with the bait fish and they're staying out of the way of the dolphins. They're mixed in with bait fish up against the side. Mm -hmm. You can still catch them. Yeah. So there's no hard, fast rules in any of fishing, and it especially applies when there's dolphin around. Yeah. Uh, give it a shot. Especially I always, if you've got you got know a reef. What? I'll give it a shot here. I'll yeah. try, yeah. If you've got some structure there, your chances are a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're going to hide it. They're going to use that structure to hide, get away from them. But I'll tell you what, when uh, it tends to be when, when you do find feeding trout around uh, a dolphin – they're feeding pretty, pretty it's usually pretty damn good it's pretty hot yep. and heavy it's pretty pretty quick uh, mm -hmm. on you so i would at least try don't just 
a lot of guys just kind of wave their hand. Ah, I'm like, yeah. eh, let's at least you know see what we got here. I'll always try them. Yeah. All right. So um, here's another one from uh, the group page. For you specifically, when does the glass minnow run usually start? It's a springtime thing, and it can vary mm-hmm. you know, on conditions. Uh, start watching for those pelicans like I was talking about. When the pelicans start doing the line, the big line yeah. dance, Yeah, uh, that's usually on uh, glass minnows mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Uh, you can see the glass minnows in big – they'll come by at rafts at right. times. You know, if you right. got them really good – and it, it varies from year to year as to how good it is. I would imagine it has something to do with temperature and salinity, uh, you know, when they hatch out, mm-hmm. all those things. So it's variable. And there's no – I can't really sit down and say, okay, on a, right here, this week, they're going to show up. It's it's a matter of being out there on the water and looking for them all right. the time. But it's a springtime thing. It could be middle April and middle of May. And what does it mean for you, though? You know, when you see, well, yeah, but I mean, uh, the 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 style of fishing doesn't necessarily change. Just maybe your bait profile is a little smaller. Use a rat tail. Yeah, use a rat tail. Uh, Think about what a what those minnows look like. If you don't know, you know, a glass minnow or rain minnows, Mm -hmm. a lot a lot of different names for them. Uh, Think more like a pin than you know. A shad is deep. Yeah, shad's circular. Mm -hmm. You know, like a a belly. Uh, these are more thin, longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the uh, rat tail style baits uh, tend to have that same profile. Right. And you know, I've found that white works pretty well during that time. Uh, anything that's got a little flash to it, mm-hmm. more silver flash. Uh, pink back with a silver. When I've been around rain minnows, that that really works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had some good luck with it. Um, what about, uh, you know, it could be, it depends on the year, but, you know, I was giving you a hard time about, you know, were we or were we not going to get that next hard? We didn't. We didn't it get that. It got pretty cold. It got one cold one day, yeah. uh, but we didn't get anything real, real heavy. And, man, April, we'll have, late March and April, we'll have a couple of cold days, but not freezing days. Uh, everything's happening a little earlier this They're year. They're already catching a lot of jackfish yeah. off the jetties. Yeah. And jacks have already shown up. Uh, it seems a little early to me, mm-hmm. but I know that they're out there. And uh, a couple of the guys I, I fish with around the jetties at Port O'Connor have already started catching them. Right, and 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 so what I'm getting at there is now, the mean, Jack Show. It's springtime. It's springtime. Yeah, so when, I, I think we're good now. Yeah, I, I think we are good. And um, uh, what what let's lead uh, let's lead to that last point here, our last uh, uh, topic for today. And thanks for joining us. Uh, don't forget to. Uh, to drop those questions on the group uh, page for uh, bite me um what is the pattern now let's say spring has sprung okay we're we're working with that assumption spring has sprung and here we are it's the last week of march um you know people are going to want to go out fishing right now especially given uh, you know all the things that have happened in this world lately and we talked about that last week um what are we looking for this time of year early spring a pattern uh, smaller bait fish for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's now's when you're going to start seeing the hatches. You know the little, little small tiny bait fish. And it depends on what part of the coast you're on too. Mm-hmm. You know, the further south you go, spring starts sooner. Uh, the upper coast might be a little bit behind by a week or two. Uh, the redfish is what I you know what I key on all yeah. the time. I uh, saw uh, Brian Little 
from the Sabine's Gifts. Mm-hmm. He got into some reds the other day and decided to keep one for, for dinner, and he checked the stomach on it, and it was full of little bitty dime to quarter size crabs. Oh, really? really? Absolutely stuffed full. I've talked about that in the past. When redfish get on that pattern, that's all they want. Is that? Is a crab. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't hardly tempt them with anything else. Uh, that's when fly fishing really yeah you're gonna have a good run here in march and april we can we can make a make a fly look like a crab a lot of great artificial crabs right now there's some good ones out there i've seen them we we talk about fishing tackle unlimited i know they got some yeah but uh, the bugs jigs are perfect for for this time of year when they eat when they are eating crabs you know redfish they're they're garbage disposals most of the year Mm -hmm. you find all kind of stuff in them you know i've had buddies that found a rat in one you know little (laughs) little field rat uh snakes you know i found a shotgun shell in one <laughs> i mean they will eat pretty much anything most of the year and when you cut one open you, you'll find a little bait fish and shrimp and some crab parts and things right. throughout most of the year there's a period in the springtime every year when we've got these little baby crabs mm-hmm. that you can't hardly get them to eat anything else uh and you'll know and it, you know that well the way you way you know it is you you're out there pulling along or sight casting mm-hmm. or wading whatever and you're putting baits right in front of them that and they're just you know normally they're, they're going to hammer that and they're just ignoring it and their heads are down a little bit or they're bumping along the sides on a, the little bayous and creeks right and uh, at the base of the grass and they're kind of just easing along looking they're hunting crabs mm-hmm. and if you can imitate that crab with a, a bugs jig uh, if you're throwing conventional or you can you know there's a lot of different flies that work for it right uh if you get that in front of them have it on the bottom crawling it mm-hmm. uh, then they'll they'll hit it because that's what they're looking for right uh, the only other time they get really picky like that's when there's a bunch of shrimp in the fall mm-hmm. and they won't they won't respond to anything else now you've seen shrimpers like crazy starting uh, yeah. in, in some shallower water and into bays yep. this time of year as well the shrimp will start getting big enough where the all the predators start looking at them to, mm-hmm. as food. You know, when they're really small, they're not all that interested. But once they hit that, you know, half right. inch to an inch, right, inch and a half, then they'll start looking at them, uh, start wanting to eat. Now you and I have to had this. Uh, it's, it's an age old question a lot of fishermen have. You know, what, what's your best month to fish? Well, I think we both agree November. My second month would be, and you don't agree because you're a polar and and, yeah. and the wind is howling. Uh, my second favorite might be March. March, uh, this back half of March, early April, first week of April. I've caught some great fish there, but you get blown around. I mean, you gotta you gotta yeah. pick the right day. For a Poland guy, I hate March and April. <laughs> I mean, they can just go away. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in the years when I used to go over to Louisiana and stay for two months, yeah, uh, I would go over there and run fifty trips in those two months 50 55 trips in 60 now days you had to work for those i worked yeah um but then i would come back and i'd go to the fishing show and when the fishing show was over i took about three or four weeks off and there you go and i didn't fish at all <laughs> i'd made made enough money over there in louisiana yeah. that i didn't have to fish that month yeah and so i would just take a break and get caught up on stuff around the house Plus, and you didn't want to fish that type i didn't want to fish yeah i'll be perfectly honest yeah. i don't like fishing in march yeah uh i'll but see, but, but I like for context, I'm more of a trout guy. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you can find some really good trout that time of year. The thing is, I like fishing in March mm-hmm. on the right days because it can be fantastic. But you can't book anything. But I can't book these trips out. Yeah. I can't have somebody say, okay, on March 25th, I, I'd really like to go fish in March 25th. Okay. Well, I'll put you on the calendar. Yeah. 
And then when March 25th comes around, it's blowing 38 miles an hour. And my deal is I might show up, you know, uh, at my place Friday afternoon. Of course, it's light until 830, you know, that time of year, which is another reason I like that time of year. So if that's the best window, I'll fish then. If it's windy and bad, but it's better in the morning, then I'll fish then. If it's still windy and bad until Saturday afternoon, then I'll fish then. So I'm flexible. Yeah. I, I can if find, you can be flexible, I, then March is okay. I can find my window and go waiting or whatever and, and catch fish. But but the second half of March, you can find some nice trout. And uh, uh, and so uh, what? any other big pattern? I, I know we're kind of up against it here, but uh, anything else that really jumps out about this early spring run uh, patterns that are going on up and down the coast? I'm going to throw top waters no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, that – that's just me. I'm yeah. going to throw those top waters and see if I can get them to eat it. Yeah. Uh, I threw them down south you know, a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. we we had a lot of tail slapping going on. And uh, So you changed? No, I didn't. <laughs> you, wanted, well, you were hard-headed. <laughs> yeah, I was very hard-headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the guy that was on her boat, she was like, uh, you want to throw one of these soft blasts? She was catching some trout yeah. by throwing near my top water. And I said, no, nah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm good. And I, they have to understand that you just love that. I just like it. Yeah, yeah that's what I want to do all day. Yeah, and uh, I was really hard headed about it. I caught a couple of fish off of it, mm-hmm. but then when I switched to regular soft plastics later on, mm-hmm. yeah, I was able to catch some fish. Yeah. Then. Well, good deal, man. Well, I uh, hope you catch some fish this weekend. Hope our listeners catch some fish this weekend. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the Bite Me podcast. Any parting shots you got over there? Now just wash your hands. Wash Stay your safe. hands. Stay safe. <laughs> Social distancing. Uh, Get out there in the sunshine. Yep. Let the sunshine kill that virus yep. off of you. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and yep. Social distancing means fishing. Get, get uh, some sunshine on you. That um, one of the things I'd read the other day was uh, low vitamin D levels mm-hmm. contribute to upper respiratory problems. That's sun and sunlight yeah. on your skin creates vitamin D in your system. So Maybe that's why I feel pretty good so let's far. Let's get back out there and get some <laughs> more vitamin. Hey, just tell your wife you're doing it for your health. I'm doing it for you. Always want me to be healthier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. perfect excuse. That's that's one way. I mean, anyway, that that's I'm why I need the new boat so exactly. I can be out there I need more. The new boat. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, this is the Bite Me Podcast. Drop us your questions as I've said. You know where to go. Bite Me Podcast uh, uh, Facebook page. Uh, you can reach out, book a trip with Captain Scott. You won't be disappointed. You see me out on the water, uh, say, hey, I won't be bashful. Please don't be bashful yourself. And uh, we'll catch some fish. We'll see you next week, man.